Great Careers Podcast, where we talk about work life from the perspective of two of two people. <laughs> this whole recording not in the same room with each other is already going really well. <laughs> We're consummate professionals full on um if you like our podcast is that where we're at <laughs> yeah. yeah if you like our podcast then you should like uh rate it and review it and subscribe to it oh we forgot to introduce ourselves oh i'm Penny blackmore and i'm Brittany bowering and we yeah. are both absolute like we could not be more nuts right now could we brit i'm going completely insane uh-huh. Uh, at home uh-huh. yeah like full-on um started like not that I didn't always talk to myself but the talking to myself has gone through the roof I'll I'm tell you, you I, it's three o'clock and I'm already having a glass of wine it's not okay yes I'm drinking wine as well I'm very excited about it did you see so, that like, meme where um the, the it, there was like at the end of this apocalypse thing, I'm either going to be a really good cook or I'll have an alcohol problem. <laughs> totally, <laughs> I keep making like I keep being like I'm just going to have something simple, and then it just turns into this like real friggin' culinary experience every yeah. time. Exactly. I'm exactly. like, should I add cheese? Yes, yes, mm. I should. You know, how many times? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, coronavirus. I'll tell ya. you. Uh, um, I think on our last episode, we were talking, we were kind of flippantly talking about coronavirus, by the way. Like maybe not flippantly, but we were definitely like downplaying it, I think. Oh, it was flippant. Like I'm pretty sure Yeah, we just had no idea what was coming. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, there were signs. I'm not going to say that there's no way to tell because there were definitely signs <laughs> that it was coming in a real way, mm-hmm. but I did not expect us to be on full lockdown. I have to say that was a surprise. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's a, uh, it's a very weird world. Um, we're all yeah. just living in it. Uh, we're all in it together except for me. Yeah. I'm completely alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Penny, how are you doing? Like work-wise from home without being able to leave your apartment? Like, how is that all going down? What's changed? That was my regular life anyway. Like, I was just the work-from-home gal anyway. But now I'm just working from home without the work part. I'm achieving nothing. Uh, I can't concentrate. I have no sense of purpose. My life is a mess. (laughs) Okay, I totally I'm getting so sick of all of these posts about how it's like now is your moment to shine like you can like do all these not that I don't agree that there's obviously you know there are there's a lot of opportunity right now in terms of like bettering yourself and stuff like I get that but there's also like a lot of anxiety a lot of unknowns for the future like it seems just like really difficult to just enroll myself in some intense course uh when I'm like uh am I even gonna be able to make money next month like you know yeah I mean like the the recession has already started so that's difficult um Mm -hmm. And it it looks like it's going to go on for a while. So there's a lot of like horrible bad news. Um, We'll try not to talk about that too much. We're going to try and keep it positive. Um, But yeah, now I'm really going to learn German. I promise. (laughs) I'm going to get beyond the uh, food orders and taxi directions and random. Are you really? Yeah. 
I'm so yeah. excited for you. I've been studying. You should you should um, enlist uh, my boyfriend as a little uh, helper with your practicing. You know, as a little German. Although you have a German neighbor who can do that in person, which might be better. But that's true. But he's <laughs> older than me, and if I'm a carrier of the coronavirus, it's not responsible for me to hang out with him. Although I don't think he'll that's care. True. He'll come over anyway. He's like a staunch sure. older German. Yeah, <laughs> they're not afraid of nothing. I'll tell yeah, you that. Exactly. Okay, so we haven't yet announced that this is our 50th flippin' episode, Penny. Yeah, it's a really exciting landmark. It's halfway to 100. It really is an exciting landmark. Um, and I'm really excited about the uh, the whole uh, episode that we have in store for you because although it might sound like it's going to be negative, I think it's going to actually be a lot of fun. I hope so. I was like, <laughs> I was preparing earlier and I was like, oh, this could get dark, but <laughs> I'm going to try not to go there. I love that. Well, we'll see. But we are going to be talking about failure. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany, I want to know, uh, for me, the number is 700,842. Um, but how many remote work and work from home articles have you read? in this time. <laughs> Honestly, this is so funny because I I keep thinking about these remote work uh platforms and all of these, you know, and how they're just loving life right now. You know, they're just like, "Oh yeah, everybody's using us. We're giving, you know, just having a heyday." And I have to say I have contributed a little bit to the remote work content mm-hmm. <laughs> just cuz I felt like I flipping, you know, I was like, "God, I guess I better share this cuz I'm really working my behind off to make remote work work, I'll mm-hmm. tell you. Um, but yeah, it's pretty hilarious how much it's just like everybody's freaking out and trying to figure out how to actually work without your colleagues uh, around you. It's just mental. Actually, it was really funny. My mom and I were talking and she was like, she said to me, she's like, honestly, she uh, messaged me and her time, it was like 1030 or 11 a.m. or something. And she was like, well, I'm just getting way too much done. Like this is just, and I was like, mom, that's exactly right. You got to slow it down. Yeah. Working from home. It's like, you can get so much done, but you also still get really tired. Do you find that as well? Um, yeah, I guess so. I get a lot less tired than when I have to go to work. Um, like when you have a lunch break, you really have a lunch break. Like you can lie on the sofa face down for an hour if you want to. <laughs> to like deal with people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't find myself as tired when I work from home, but uh, yeah. 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 I get, I guess that's, that's true. I just find because because you can usually, I'm not saying that this is the case right now because it's definitely not, but usually when you work from home, you can be concentrated for way longer, like longer periods of time without being interrupted. So I find myself, like sometimes I'll go and I'll be like, oh my God, I've been like actually concentrated on my laptop for like two full hours yeah. and then I'll come up and I'm like, my whole brain is just completely fried, you know? Yeah, right. See, for me, I have a, a lot of trouble concentrating. So I use mm-hmm. all those apps to kind of like get me to concentrate for 25 minutes and then I need to have a break. Um, yeah, I think that's what I need to do. I need to get that tomato meter, uh, app or whatever, you know, tomato, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. Tomato timer. The Pomodoro method. Pomodoro. That's it. Um, <laughs> I like I it's a tomato. 
Did I talk about this in the last episode? But I read a great article about productivity and how some people work better with someone sitting next to them. No, I think you talked about that in person. I think you talked about that, well, not in person, but on a a video conference call. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I read this article and it was just saying that um, some people actually, they have a sense of sort of psychological safety when there's just someone sitting next to them. And I can really attest to this because I find it quite difficult to sit down and do things by myself. But um, I remember like a a while ago when my ex-boyfriend would be kind of playing video games and I would just sit and write for hours and just the something, I think, I don't know, it must be different personality types, but just having someone there really like it allowed me some kind of psychological freedom. And uh, the article actually said that this is because humans are pack animals. And so it's within our, um, it's in our nature to try and be protected at all times. So it's it's almost like a primal instinct. Wow, that is really fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know it was so, I almost thought it was more like um, of a, of a, someone there to like um, make you feel, like not make you feel bad, but you would feel sort of um, a little sense of uh, whatever the word is I'm looking oh, for. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you're like, oh, I better work because this person's here. Oops, sorry. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, no, it's the opposite for me. Like the like the person, in, in my case, my ex-boyfriend, he didn't care what I was doing. He was just playing video games. Like it was just mm-hmm. literally that I wanted to do that thing at that time and I had him there. So, yeah, I'm going to start trying. <laughs> Once I'm out of our isolation, I'm going to start trying to sit down next to someone. And I find I work really well at cafes as well for that reason because I'm surrounded by people and yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, before we go into the meat of the episode, I'd like to know what the first thing is that you're going to do once you get out of isolation. Oh my gosh. I think I think I'm gonna organize a dinner with friends and just like book a really nice restaurant and sit down for like three hours and just breathe in people's faces. I might like swap <laughs> with a stranger. I might like kiss the chef or something. And like really just spread some germs. That's amazing. That is minus the, minus the like kissing and spreading of germs, uh, (laughs) which I hadn't thought about, but I I guess it involves that. That was my exact same answer. I said the same thing. I know. I was like, I want to have a really nice dinner with friends and I want it to be out at a nice place where we can like just lounge and chat and laugh and hug and like do all the cool things that I didn't realize were so cool until now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me about yeah. it. Tell me about it. Honestly. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that, um, I mean, like this is going to be really difficult for everyone. Um, It's going to be really difficult for the people who are suffering from coronavirus um, and their families. It's going to be incredibly hard for the medical professionals. So like big shout out to anyone working as a medical professional. You're you're really a hero right now. Um, And then like anyone who's lost their business or lost their job, like our hearts are with you. We, you know, like... I've pretty much lost all my clients, so I know how you feel, but like, uh, yeah, we, it's going to be tough for everyone and how we'll get through it is together, like really stepping up and making totally. sure that we work together. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's um, some, some good is definitely coming out of this. I think people are kind of getting a little bit of a reality check in terms of what's actually important in life. And, you know, um, I think that is one positive thing that will come out of this. So I do definitely like the kind of community feeling that all of a sudden is, you know, that I never really felt was there before, like kind of across the board, you know, Mm. like really across the world, you have this feeling that we're all in this together. It's a, it's really kind of crazy how intense it is. I totally agree. Like I had two experiences just today and there were these like tiny little things. Like the first one was that I went to the supermarket and as I was walking up, there was this like German man and he was about 60 years old and he was a a tradesman. So he was either like an electrician or a plumber or something. So he was wearing these like the German overalls and a cute little hat. And as I walked Mm. towards him, he was like, Guten Morgen. Like he just did a serious <laughs> hello. And it just made me smile. I was like, it's so nice that he, you know, I'm no one. And he just said hello to me. And then the second nice thing, which is really lame. Are you still there, Britt? Oh, sorry. Yep. Um, is that at the moment, obviously, you have to get your Amazon packages from the front door of your apartment building. And I went mm-hmm. down a little early because I had nothing better to do. Um, and I went to the guy's truck and I was like, I can take all the other packages if you like, like for our, our building. And he was just like, oh, my God, that's so nice. And so I took them all and I delivered them all. And it was just like the tiniest little thing that made me feel connected to other people. That's very cute. Yeah. I like that a lot. Time, guys. Aw, to be Penny's neighbor, hey? What an experience, I'll tell you. <laughs> a girl can dream. For our special 50th episode, we thought we'd embrace the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> Brene Brown mentality um, of radical vulnerability, um, because I think over the next couple of weeks and months, um, because of the horrible coronavirus and everything, we're all going to be failing a lot. Um, and so we decided that Brittany and I would share our three greatest work failures and what we learn from them. Because uh, sometimes in life, you can look back at the failures and laugh, and you can also remember, okay. This is what I learned from that from that negative experience. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Brit? <laughs> I think that's great. Oh, I didn't know I'd have to talk about my failures today, but I guess I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> okay, let's go into our our big uh, smash 50th episode topic. Are you ready? Oh my God. Okay, you tell me your number three biggest okay. work failure, Brit. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're going to go from less, less bad to the most worst. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and keep in like, keep in mind that I actually find that with these kind of things, like with, with, with failures and then thinking about times that you really messed up, I find I've blocked them fully out of my brain. So I had a really hard time coming up with like a few. And then once, once I came up with one, then the floodgates opened and it was like, oh, right. All those times I remember. Um, but okay. This one's really small and quite insignificant, but it's funny because it's so stupid. Okay, great. So the uh so the my first um 
work fail that really, I think, I guess that these three things, they all like affected me in a similar way. So they weren't necessarily all terrible, but they really affect, like they really impacted me and, and my feeling of confidence and how I actually, you know, felt like I could do my job. So the first one is an email error. Mm -hmm. Um, and what happened was I was emailing back and forth with this very important client, of course, right? Of course it was really important client. This is like many years ago, so early days, early days of my career. And I was emailing back and forth with this client. And I was like, I was really like, um, a lot was going on at the time, right? I was kind of like juggling a lot of different things. So like, to be fair, I wasn't very concentrated on what I was doing, which is not an excuse, but, um, I emailed this person and, um, did the thing where I like, was like, Oh, and attached, you'll find blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't actually attach the thing, which we've all done before. Like that's a classic. Right. Um, so then the person emails me back super nice and they're like, Hey, um, you know, you didn't actually attach the thing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. So then I attached the thing and I send it to them. And then they send me back an email, like a few minutes later. And they're like, Hey, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't really actually seem like the attachment that you meant to send me. And I'm like, what? Mark. And I look and I, <laughs> I look and I sent them this like really like completely obscure thing that honestly was like a very like internal document. And then I was like, oh fuck, right? That was totally, it wasn't a huge deal that they saw that thing, but it was just a little bit like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, no worries. So then I, I was like, really sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I attached the thing and I sent it to them. And for the third time, they sent me back the ma- three times, Penny. I sent them the friggin' email with the wrong uh, slash no attachment. And this guy got back to me and he was just like, he was almost laughing in his email because he was like, I don't really know what to say here, but yet again, I don't have the attachment that you like have wanted, you know, the document that you actually want to send me. And I literally just stopped and I just cried. <laughs> and I was just like, are you an absolute moron, Brittany? What are you doing? <laughs> and I know that this, like, this seems so, it, it, in the long scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, obviously it literally means nothing. But I remember this feeling of pure frustration just because I felt so stupid. Yeah. I was like, what else do I, like, how can I recover from this? Like, <laughs> I look like a complete moron to this person. And I knew it, you know, it was just oh, yeah. a nightmare. I actually anyway, find, uh, okay, so that's a good one. I actually find that once you fuck up with a client one time, once you do something stupid, you tend to keep doing it. Like if I have a person that I keep missing their emails in my inbox, for some reason, no matter what I do, I keep doing it. And so it's like this one person always thinks I'm an idiot. Everyone else thinks I'm fine. But for some reason, it's always just one person that really cops it. That's so funny. I think you're absolutely right. Cause that's happened to me a couple of times. And I'm like, why is it always you? <sighs> uh, Terrible. Yeah. I just got really worked up thinking of that story again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need a bigger glass of wine. Okay, Penny, your turn. Qu- story number one. Um, so <laughs> I've had to change my tack because for some reason I thought we were doing life failures, but work failures makes a lot more sense in the context of this podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So I had obviously like I used to work in business development. So a lot of my life was spent on calls. Like I would chat with uh, potential clients and uh, basically try and get them to buy services from the companies I was working for. And um, (laughs) 
I mean, I'm just so embarrassed about this. Like, basically, my boss at the time met a woman at a conference and she was so keen to buy from us um, that basically he came back from the conference and he was like, hey, I'm going to introduce you to this lady um, whose name I won't mention. I won't mention any names. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you please, uh, she's basically like, she's just ready to buy. You don't, you barely need to sell mm-hmm. her. You just need to get on the phone, give her the overview and then send her a contract basically. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, I email her and I schedule in a call. <laughs> and this is like quite a few years ago. So um, trust me, I've changed, I promise. But um, the call was at like 4.30 in the afternoon and someone, it was on a Friday um, because there was a time difference and there was a birthday in the office and I basically Uh-oh. like got drunk and missed the call. <laughs> oh, no. And I got like, I had a few wines and then at like, I think it was like 4 p.m. and about 25 past four, I was like, oh, shit, and I'd totally forgotten about it. So then. Oh, my God. Um, then we reschedule the call and she's perfectly nice. And, um, and this is what I'm like, this, this happens to me just with a select group of people that I could count on one hand. So she's perfectly nice. She's very understanding. We reschedule the call. And so then, um, I do the next call and because I'm embarrassed, I'm pretty unimpressive. Like I was not on my game at all. I was just really, I felt super ashamed that I'd missed the first call. And so I wasn't really on my game, but, and uh, so she kind of just was like, okay, fine. I mean, I liked your boss, so send me a proposal. <laughs> and so then I forget to send the proposal. I put, I write the email, <gasps> I put it in my draft box and I didn't send it for like a week. And then she was oh like, hi, Penny, like, where's the proposal? And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and so I send the proposal and it just, the whole thing was a disaster. And my boss was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, honestly, like nobody else has this experience with me. I'm usually very on the ball with clients, like, uh, but just this one woman, like she just yeah. thought I was an absolute idiot. She was like, what do totally. I have to do to get you to pay attention to me? Just something in my psyche so funny. Like, existed every time. And it really does, like when you do stuff like that, um, it really does come off like very poorly on you. You oh, know what I mean? Like whenever, yeah, like what, like I just feel like, like I think of myself when I'm like, when I'm, when someone sends me the wrong thing or they don't attach the thing or they, you know, I'm, I'm always like, oh, come on, you know, it's not that hard. And then, and then I always have to think back of myself and be like, oh yeah, right. You've done that a lot, Brittany, in your <laughs> life. Just maybe just chill a little bit, you know? Oh um, God. That's can we funny. say what we learned from these, uh, from these experiences maybe? I guess that's probably a good idea. Yeah. So um, what I learned was that um, I should have a project management tool for all my clients and make sure, or a CRM, which is a a customer relationship management tool, um, like a piece of software that basically just reminds me of all the people that are in my pipeline so that it's not all in my head. I can't be relied on to have things in my head. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, and that's what I learned. I think that what I learned is that, um, that, uh, (laughs) 
I guess, so I was going to say, um, I learned that, um, I can just be a bit of an airhead sometimes, you know, and I have to just like <laughs> forgive myself, but I guess what I actually learned is that, um, a little bit of, um, personality actually goes a long way. So being able to laugh that off in the email, make a little joke about how ridiculous you realize this situation is. And, you know, being a little bit more human with your approach to business can be like, can actually kind of save your ass whenever you make really stupid mistakes. Absolutely. Love that. All right, Penny, story number two. Here we go. Hit me. I can't decide. I cannot decide, honestly, out of these two next stories, which one's worse. So I'm just going to go for it. Um, okay, I'll save the funniest one for last. So the <laughs> first, so the second story is um, uh, about my time at AJ and Smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I worked at this company called AJ and Smart. And we did a lot of um, video uh, video production. And when I started at AJ and Smart, I was very uneducated in the uh, technical department. So I was not actually that good with tech. I'm still actually not that good with tech, but um, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about it, right? And we went to San Francisco and we had this really big opportunity to interview um, a very important person. Oh, um, his name is Jake Knapp. Sorry. I feel like I know where this is going. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically we had this opportunity. He didn't know us very well back then. Now we're, you know, now he is much better friends with the company, but this was kind of like our first sort of, you know, big thing that we were doing with him. And we were shooting a video, um, that, uh, uh, someone's bright idea, which if I, if I knew then what I know now, I would have said, absolutely not. But someone had the bright idea that we should shoot it outside the video, Uh. right? Which for anybody who's ever done anything in film knows that that's a complete nightmare and you have no, it's just so hard to manage and to control that environment. Right. So not only was the camera work just a complete nightmare, like as in it was just all of a sudden the sun would come out and it'd be way too bright. So everything was overexposed and then it would get really dark and weird and all the color correction was totally off. And then when we, when we got back to uh, our accommodation and we started like looking through the footage and the, and all of the um, audio, we realized that there was a problem with the audio. So there was like one of these, uh, one of the connectors or something was loose or like, I mean, I have no idea what it was still to this day, but this is kind of this funny thing that in, in this realm of work, these kind of things happen all the time. These like weird things where it's like, oh, that just didn't record or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the audio was so bad. Like the complete, the whole video was just a complete nightmare. And it was like probably one of the biggest things that we were doing that year that was going to like really set us apart. And like, was re- I literally, I was so stressed when we got back to, to our accommodation, we were looking through the stuff. I was like, I don't even know how to fix this or what to do, or whatever. So we ended up having to make this video where throughout the video, we just like apologized for the really poor sound and the really poor quality video. Oh, like God. what a nightmare. Oh, it was terrible. I hate when and I guess what I we like when you've already made a decision and it affects a bunch of people and then you just have to go through with it and from the beginning you're like no 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 this was a terrible idea totally yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what I learned is I needed to be a little bit more firm with my like I knew that filming outside would be 
a challenge and I wasn't really prepared, a challenge that I wasn't prepared for either. Right. Like I didn't have the skills for that kind of challenge. Um, and I should have been more firm about the fact that no, we need to film inside. We need a controlled environment. And I just wasn't at the point where I felt comfortable doing that. Uh, like I would today. Now I have this like much more confidence in that realm. I'd be able to say like, no, that's a nightmare idea and I will not be a part of it. So Penny, story number two, hit me. Okay. So, um, when I used to work in advertising, did I already tell a story about advertising? No, I didn't. I know. Great. So, uh, when I used to work in advertising, um, I was an office manager and receptionist and all around kind of like office assistant. Um, and then we had this big round of layover, uh, layoffs, like redundancies and, um, by some miracle, I got promoted to an executive assistant role. And at the time, I had no idea what I was doing with my career. So I was kind of like, oh, my God, amazing. Like, I could I could be a, a professional executive assistant. It sounds like a good job for me. I, I don't know what my skills are. And, um, yeah, it sounds fun. Um, little did I know that I have no talent for this whatsoever. And it's really hard to be an executive assistant. And Basically, I had to look after the three, the chief financial officer, the chief executive officer, and the chief operating officer. And they had to book travel to London with their families and basically like because there was some some head office thing that was happening. So all the bosses were going to London and I had to book the travel. And I can't tell you how hard I fucked it up. Like I couldn't, even when they wrote it down on paper for me, I just couldn't compute the fact that some people needed to go on this day and some people needed to go on that day and then the wives were going to come on this day and then they were going to meet in Singapore and I remember at one stage like these three sort of like very important older men were standing around my desk like literally pointing and we had a travel agent so it wasn't like I actually had to book the flights they would just point <laughs> and they were like Penny here this is what we want here and I'm like, okay, like my brain just oh, didn't work no. that way. And it was so embarrassing, um, but I'm very grateful that I fucked it up so hard because I actually got made redundant very shortly after, which was well-deserved. I uh, I really was not cut out for that job. Um, and I got a nice redundancy payment and then I went on holiday. <laughs> Honestly, talk about a failure really coming back in the right way. Yeah. You know? I mean, like it actually resulted in my losing my job, which I wasn't <laughs> even, uh, I wasn't even remotely upset about it because I was like, there is no one that is cut out for being an executive assistant less than I am. Like I am the yeah. worst candidate in the pile. And you're not a detail oriented person. Like you, no, you just, no, 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 no. your attention to detail is uh, just not there most of the time. Not at all. No. Um, <laughs> And also I think what I learned from that was that um, sometimes it's if you don't really know what your direction is in life, just start something and be willing to fail at it. <laughs> um, totally. Like, actually like giving that a red hot go and I, I did try um, and I failed to be good at that job and that sort of cut off that option for me. I was like, okay, that's not something I can do. Um, yeah. Love that. That's so true is just like, just try something, just take a direction because usually it will be, it'll give you some answers. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. 
my third and final failure story uh, goes like this. This is one that is just, I'm almost proud of how ridiculous this is. Um, (laughs) It's just makes me laugh every time I think about it. Uh, But I wasn't laughing then. I'll tell you that. So I was on a a business trip, first business trip Uh with this new company that I joined. And I was super excited, also very nervous because, you know, it was just me and my boss. And I was like very you know, I wanted to make a really good first impression and I was kind of freaking out and we were going to do like very important work, you know? And, uh, I had my company laptop and since I was so new, I didn't really, I wasn't like suited up with everything that I needed. So I didn't have like a really good laptop bag. Um, and my bag that I brought on the plane, um, as carry on, it just like the laptop just didn't fit very well in it. So I actually had it like in a sleeve and I was kind of carrying it separately. First mistake. (laughs) right there. So, so there was two, there were two flights to this journey. The first flight, um, uh, actually that's not even that important, but the point is the first flight, uh, that we went on, I had all my stuff and, you know, with me, my hand luggage, and it was all under the seat in front of me. And then we of course left that first flight and we're on our way and kind of like running to catch our second flight, because of course there's like a quick layover kind of thing. And as we're approaching the gate to our second flight, I realize, and my whole, just like my heart just hit the floor, that I had left my laptop, my company laptop, very expensive piece of equipment in the first plane because I had put my, you know, my laptop on the bottom and then my bag on top. And I just grabbed my bag and left and left the laptop right there. Oh my God. So I'm freaking out. Right. And my boss is like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. Ha 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 ha. You know, like how funny or whatever. I don't think I was making, trying to make it funny, but I was just like, I didn't even know what to say. Yeah. So I had to like run back to the other airplane and they were like, well, I don't know if we can get it for you. Cause you know, they have all these protocols. You can't go back on the plane. You have all this kind of stuff. So anyway, we, we actually just made it in time or no, no. What they did was they sent us to our flight and then they were like, we're going to try to get your laptop. If we don't get it in time, like we'll send it to you or whatever, but like you need to get on your plane and leave the laptop. We don't know if we can get it. So we get on the plane and we're sitting there And then right before we take off, this like flight attendant comes and she's got my laptop and she's like, here's your laptop. And I was like, oh, thank God. Right. I was like, relief. So we go on this trip. The the story does not end there. We go on this trip. We uh, do all this really nice businessy stuff, you know, a lot of success, blah, 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 whatever. Then I'm on my way back um, and I'm in the airport and I am flipping exhausted. Like I've never been so tired because it was just like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. We were meetings all day. We were then in dinners at night, drinking after dinner. Like it was just full on for like five days. So then I was on the flight to come home or I was in the airport waiting to board the flight to come home. And I was so tired. Like I, it was, it it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then I get on the flight and I'm sitting there and I've got my phone, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, my laptop, I just got to get out my laptop. And then I realized I didn't have my laptop with me. Oh, Brian! The same laptop, the same flippin' laptop in the same trip. I lost it twice. And this time I go and I'm like, I went up to the, to the front, you know, cause I was already boarded the plane. I went up to the front and I was like, oh my God, look, I, I need to get, go. My laptop's out there. I left it, I think on the seat or like somewhere where I was seated, seat, seated, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, ah, no, like you can't do that. Blah, blah. So then they sent someone out because I was already boarded, they had to send somebody else, like a flight attendant to go and check the area and they couldn't find it. So then I had to be, I had to go on that flight on my way back and just know that I had to have a conversation with my boss where I told him that I lost the laptop 
for the second time within a week. It was outrageous. And I actually, what was really funny about this story is that we actually eventually got the laptop back, but it it turned up in Singapore, this laptop. And someone had taken it because they saw it at the airport on its all on its own. So they took it. Then they got on their flight to Singapore. It, it landed in Singapore in some like pawn shop. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Because of Apple, the whole like the great Apple, uh, you know, find my device function, we actually mm-hmm. got it back, which was crazy. Whoa. Um, but yeah, that was like an, an unbelievably big failure. Like I've, <laughs> oh my I just, there's it was, nothing, I've never. There's nothing worse than telling your boss bad news. Don't you reckon? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. Honestly. Honestly, I, I was really lucky that, uh, that he like, took. Here I it's go. Just, it's yeah, I'm like okay, I'm doing this, um, and I learned that. Uh, I think the learning there was just that you have to just like honesty is the best policy because I could have made something up. You know, I could have been like, it got stolen from me, and like I was pushed on the ground. You know, <laughs> whatever, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I was tempted. I was so tempted. That's what I. But mean, I didn't. Um, I told the truth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It seemed easier. Um, but yeah, so that was my biggest failure that I could come up with, uh, you know, on the fly. Penny, I cannot wait to hear yours. Let's Aww. let her rip. Well, mine's not funny. It's it's more serious, but it's also like, okay. obviously it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But basically like I, when I was, uh, when I quit gymnastics, I, I used to be a gymnast. And when I quit gymnastics, I went to university. Um as all people at they, that age do, um, and very quickly, um, I kind of felt like I didn't understand the landscape. Like I didn't really understand how to pick subjects. I didn't understand how to study. I didn't understand how people made friends. And so, because I was like so uncomfortable and so miserable, I dropped out. And I feel like that. Um, it hasn't had a negative impact on my career. Like I think that dropping out of university made me a really scrappy person because I had to like convince employers to employ me, even though I don't have a university degree. And in fact, I dropped out. Like (laughs) um, it doesn't look on your resume, but not that I put it on my resume, just FYI. We can talk about that later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it was a failure for myself. Like if I could go back and do it all again, I'd say, Penny, it's okay to just get credits. You don't have to have a high distinction. It's not like gymnastics where if you're not the best, then you're meaningless as a a competitor. Like you can actually go back do, um, I would have done philosophy. I would have done economics. I would have done some like, uh, you know, like interesting subjects that genuinely just interested me for my own learning and for my own understanding of the world. Um, and it's kind of sad that I robbed myself of that. Um, and I think that was a failure, but what it taught me was that, um, being uncomfortable and feeling insecure is something that you should lean into, not away from. Um, if you're if you're uncomfortable and you're freaking out and getting anxious, then actually that's the time when you're being challenged. Um, and if I mean, it's obviously very different if you're actually in a terrible situation. But um, sometimes in life, you actually just have to push through. Um, and I wish I had. Um, I'm kind of, I'm fine with it now, but I do think I, it's, it's, I have a regrets over that. 
Wow, that's such a great story. <laughs> Is it? I feel like it's such a downer. <laughs> it's not a downer at all. I think that that's um, there's such a good learning there, and I just um, thank you for sharing that, Penny. Yeah, I think cool. that's like um, like just about leaning into your insecurities and leaning into. Um, those feelings, it's so, so important. And it's also just so hard to do. Like, it's like so easy to say, right? So easy to be like, oh, you have to just, you know, but it's so difficult to do in real life. Yeah. I think I wish I could say to my past self, like, okay, so this is going to suck and it's going to be really hard and you're going to be on a steep learning curve. Um, And you're also going to have to accept that now that you're not a gymnast anymore, like you're going to be a big, a small fish in a little pond. Uh, sorry, a small fish in a big pond instead of a big fish yeah. in a small pond. Um, yeah, exactly. That's a really hard thing to adjust to. But um, I, I think the thing was that everyone around me made me feel like it was going to be, oh, well, your gymnastics career is over now. Life gets easy. You can eat burgers and have a boyfriend and do things that kids your age do. But actually, like, that university experience was so unfamiliar to me that it was like I felt a lot of shame because I wasn't managing. And so I wish I could yeah. go back and, and anyone listening in who's going through this at, uh, at right now, if you're in university and you're like, oh, this is, this is hard, I don't know how it's going to go, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, um, my advice is to keep going and just, like, push through. Yeah. Totally. You'll only be better for it, for sure. Amen. Amen to that. I wish Britt and I could cheers right now. Me too. Big cheers is needed. I just cheered okay, let's microphone. Do it. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. We're like, put your nail against your glass. I can't put my, I can't do it because I'm holding the blanket. Hang on. Oh, I see. Can you hear that? Yeah. Hey, That was good. Oh, that was good. Okay, you guys, we are going to continue to record like this uh, for the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. So watch out because there's new happy hour episodes coming at you. Oh, yeah, baby. Thanks for your patience. We took a small. Um, Yeah, exactly. A couple of weeks. We're very sorry. But now we have a setup and we are ready to talk. (laughs) Gosh, I'll tell you. Remote podcast recording. Beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to share any of your, you know, funny or not so funny failures with us, we would recommend emailing. We'd love to hear from you guys. Or if you have any questions or if you want to just reach out and you want, um, you know, oh, also, oh my gosh, we did our, we should talk about this. We did our first ever happy hour hangout. Oh yeah. That was cute. That was so cute. Yeah, we got to do that, that again. Yeah. We did a live hangout um, and just had some wine with some happy hour listeners. And it was super fun. We did a little Q&A. It was great. We'll do that again for sure. But you, to find out about that, you need to be on our Facebook group. So you can find a link to that in our yeah. show notes as well. Um, send us an email anytime you like. Our email address is in the show notes. Yes. Um, and yes, have a lovely week at work. Yes. Have a lovely week at work in your pajamas. And what's our sign-off, Britt? It is uh, have a lovely week at work and don't be a dick. Yeah! Yes! Got it. (laughs) 